Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I'm John Ledyard from thedraftnetwork.com, along with Trevor Sikama, also from thedraftnetwork.com, here on a beautiful Friday morning, actually recording on a Friday morning, not trying to be frauds and fool the people and record the night before and make it sound like it's the morning. Does that ever make you uncomfortable, Trevor? That you lie to the people every show? Yeah, it does, John. Make you question my integrity, and, and don't act like you haven't participated in the lie, sir. Don't throw me into this. I don't intro the show. <laughs> Listen, all I know is that when we when we are recording the night before, there are literally times where I'm like, I am like sometimes when it's like late in like the, the throes of draft season, right? Like, like this, when it's late, man, there are some times where I'm like, I'm fighting off yawning while we're doing the show and I think sometimes you can tell but it was way worse when I did locked on Steelers and I was by myself because there's nobody to like g- talk while you need to yawn you know or anything like that so I would just so be you like, just yawn it was constantly dude because I was so tired all the time I'm gonna sleep like five hours a night it was just like constant exhaustion slash like every other every couple sentences I was like this is terrible quality but well gra- so. I'm glad that I drive you to exhaustion John well, it's not, I wouldn't blame yourself completely, but I'm sure that you do play a role in that. So, We're going to talk about corners today. Uh, this cornerback class, Trevor, has been uh, maligned, and I think rightfully so, because it just isn't very good. Um, and I think that uh, you know, there's a lot to consider with the class. Scheme fits is one of the big things that people talk about in yeah. terms of where these guys are going to come off the board and how they fit best. The consensus has kind of been that Byron Murphy, Greedy Williams, and DeAndre Baker will be the first three corners off the board. I said this a couple weeks ago on the show. I don't think it'll pan out that way. I think you'll see Greedy and Murphy still go out. I think Baker is going to fall. I think you're going to see some other guys, Justin Lane maybe, uh, and and maybe a couple others that could be risers and sneak in over those guys. Hold on. Let's let's kick it off and talk about Baker there because you you mentioned Baker. Hmm. Why do you ultimately think that he's not going to be like I like I think some teams are going to be tempted to take Baker over Byron. That's like I, from what I hear is that like if if these teams really like DeAndre Baker, like they really like him, like they think he's a a true outside man coverage guy who plays with toughness, a lot of physicality. He'll get up in your face, plays with strength. I mean, I thought his combine was fine, so. I, I don't even I, I don't I don't know if I see that I don't know so what I, I don't know what, what angle are you coming from there why would you think that the Baker do you, now do you just kind of think that because you watch him and you you don't love him or what no actually I think his tape is really really good especially this past season I think it's the character stuff that's gonna matter to him with teams you know I just hear so much we've heard stuff from midseason uh, with him that's been big red flags question marks and terms of his demeanor and his coachability and his effort during the week of practice and him being you know basically treating the game like a professional and then his combine training we heard all kinds of stuff that that was really suboptimal and that he barely went and that he didn't really care and he just thinks he's the best corner in the draft period no matter what um and i love the swagger but the work ethic has to match it because he's just not naturally talented enough to be that type of player i mean there may be some guys in the annals of history that would get away with baker's approach I'm just not sure he's one of those guys. So um, I think that's going to matter to teams when the draft comes. Not that he, he'll still go top 50. He'll probably go top 40. There's still a chance he goes late first round to me uh, because there's some teams that will say, we don't care. Like, we get him in our culture, he'll be fine. You know, and 
I wrote about the Rams being potentially one of those teams at the end of the first round. So there's definitely that option still on the table for DeAndre Baker. But overall, is this a guy that clearly like I want to bank on? Um, I would be super scared about him and Grady at this point in the draft. I'd be scared about all these corners except Murphy. And I know you're kind of on board with this with me as well because I, I get it. Murphy isn't going to be a press man corner, lockdown, number one receivers type of guy. He's not Marshawn Lattimore. He's not one of those types of corners in my opinion. But at the same time, Murphy is a bona fide starter in the NFL who can create plays on the ball in the yes. right scheme. It isn't the most valuable role for a corner to play, which hurt him a little bit in my eval, but he's very good at it. Reminds me a ton of Kyle Fuller, and I think he's going to have a ton of success in the NFL as, as a result of it. Yeah, kind of as you as you were saying that there. No, I guess I'll just I'll, no. I'll talk about I'll talk about Byron first because I don't want to lose my point there. I love Byron Murphy, man. I think mm-hmm. his his game is really great. Okay, so at the combine, you know, maybe he's not the athlete that you take as a top ten cornerback, but like. I think the rest of it's there. I know playing athlete is a really important part of the position. Like you said, you're not necessarily going to want him on an island all the time. That kind of deters his value. But, man, I mean, the, he's good. I think that he's just so good at uh, tackling, willingness, recognition, playing in zone, reading quarterbacks' eyes. Uh, you can just tell that he kind of came onto Washington early on in his career, and he was a young, talented cornerback who – boasted the ball skills, got some interceptions early on in his years and got some starting time because of it. And as he got starting time, you could see what he did with with more playing time and how he turned it into anticipation. And um, that's always something that I love seeing that kind of progression from players. If I go, okay, I'm looking at your first year and you obviously kind of let your talent be what got you on the field more. But then when you got on the field more, what did you like? How did that change you? How did you improve in that area? And I thought Byron Murphy took steps over the years that he was a starter at Washington, improved them almost every single year. The The more snaps he got, the better he was at recognizing the game, the better he was at watching quarterbacks. And so I really do think that, you know, we use this, that, that term pro-ready. I don't know if I love that term a lot, but, like, Byron to me is the most pro-ready corner in the draft. Like, Byron would be the guy who, when I look at this class as a whole, I'm okay with starting Byron Murphy more than anybody else week one. You know, does that make sense? He's, yep. he's, he seems so Absolutely. much more further along and developed into who he is and the talent level that he has over the rest of this cornerback class. And so, you know, you, you know, I'm a big fan of Byron Murphy. And, and I, you know, we did a mock earlier this this week where I had Byron Murphy going number eight overall because uh, I think that, that would still be a good fit and a good pairing with a team like Detroit who needs a cornerback but already has a lockdown guy on the other side like Gary Slay, and so, um, yeah, I like Murphy a lot. I really do. There are just questions with the other guys that don't exist with Murphy that make them hard to trust. You know, Greedy, we know, has got some stuff going on personally um, that uh, I think that I don't know if it will be talked about during the draft process or not at all. Nothing that, like, he's done per se or anything like that, but stuff that could make teams, like, look at his situation and and, and wonder if that he's a guy that they want to take that high in the draft. And plus, on the field, you can see the effort level at times. I mean, it's absolutely horrible. I mean, he just completely – if he gets beat on a route a lot of time, he'll just – he'll just he won't recover or try to make up that ground at all. Um, and in run defense, tackling, efforts poor. So, you know, certain teams, like we heard Vic Fangio, Broncos, you know, we've talked about that too – tackling matters and they're just not going to take him like they're just you know they could have a crying need a corner he's just not going to be the guy so there are teams that will just 
be like that. You know, in the range that he's going to be on the board, they just aren't going to even consider right. him. So it will be really interesting to see where exactly he falls in the draft. Um, but th- if those are the top three people for consensus, one guy that's come in that's kind of disrupted that thought process for people has been Justin Lane, the Michigan State corner. People have been really high on him. They've been excited about him. Um, they think that ball skills are amazing. Man, I watched four or five games of him last night. Uh, I was just – I was looking like, is there even a good game like to hang a hat on with this guy? Like, I am so confused as to why people think – Justin Lane is good like he ended up with one of my like the latest third round grade you can get and really only because he had a solid combine on tape he was probably more like a fourth rounder for me but I just man I I have no idea what people see in Justin Lane kind of to say this guy's going to be a dominant lockdown corner because when he's in press man he gives up early separation right away and he doesn't get hands on and when he's in his own coverage he's just unimpactful he'll come up and make tackles I give him that he's physical um, but there's just not a lot of natural transitions and athleticism. And like to me, and you, you let me know your thoughts on this, but the primary goal of a cornerback is to limit throwing windows with his presence in some way, whether it's length, whether it's closing speed or burst, anticipation, instincts. In some way, your job is to limit the throwing window from the quarterback to the wide receiver. He just doesn't do that. So I don't know why we would value a player like that who doesn't fulfill the primary role of corner on a consistent basis against all levels of competition, all types of competition. You know, Ohio State was really ugly, but Penn State, there were tons of weak moments. I mean, Jawan Johnson's probably going to run on the four sevens, and he was out there giving, he was out there creating separation on Justin Lane a lot of the time. So, and he's honestly, he's probably a day three wideout, like when he gets drafted uh, next year. So, all that to say, I just I don't know what it is about Justin Lane that's so appealing to folks. I know there's probably a couple guys in this cornerback class, maybe for each of us at this point, because they're really, I mean, there are very few that I'm high on. Um, but he is the one that stands out to me so far. As if he goes first round, I will just be floored. I don't get the allure. I don't even see a ton of significant upside with him. I know he's younger, but I don't even see a lot of great upside to get excited about Justin Lane. To me, he looks like a guy who is going to have to be in zone early on his career, and I don't think he's even super impactful from zone. Even if he doesn't blow assignments, he's like reliable, but he isn't splash plague like You know what I mean by that? No, I no, I totally get what you're saying, and, and I'm listening to you talk about him, and I know Joe Marino, our coworkers, he's a, he's a big fan of, of Justin Lane's. So I think he kind of put us on our, the, the radar mm-hmm. with him not too long ago and and it's kind of pumping him up as a guy who had potential but i think it comes back to this is just the case of the class right i mean you're you're searching for you know when we talk about it's almost the same thing with quarterbacks quarterbacks are you know to the nth degree it's Mm -hmm. it's much higher multiplication of how much you desire them but playing lockdown corner and playing i think corner in general especially since the nfl is going so much more towards passing and how the offense is spreading defense is out so thin it's almost like you got to have three or even four cornerbacks that could play at any given moment teams and us as draft analysts we're trying to pair pair teams with these cornerbacks and we're looking at this class and we're we're trying to find guys that i think could make it work and i don't know maybe to your point maybe we're stretching it a little bit with with how much we value it but they got to take chances on corners is the thing because they just know that the offense is going to give them so much fits with, with mismatches and putting big six foot four guys in a slot or tight ends on the outside or 
whatever have you. And so Justin Lane, when you look at him, you go, okay, this is a guy who was a former wide receiver. He's got really great length for a cornerback. He's got good ball skills just because, you know, from his days playing at receiver. And you look at a guy like Justin Lane and you think, okay, I can work with this. I think it's a lot more of a projection with Justin Lane than anything else. I'm probably higher on him than you are just because um, I'm kind of a believer in that background of his. I see it when I watch his tape. And so I think that there's, you know, when we talk about best his best footballs ahead of him, I'm hoping he obviously gets into a situation where he really gets a great defensive backs coach. He can really tell him how to stick with guys, how to stay with guys, and how to make the most out of that length with taking the ball away and taking chances on defense. You and I have talked about this before. We're in the age of, of like, an aggressive defense. Like, you've just got to get turnovers. You've got to get your offense more chances to score the ball. You've got to have more control of the game. And so with Justin Lane, when I look at him, and the reason why I'm probably a bigger fan of him it sounds like you are is – I believe in the development of him with the size and the background that he has as a receiver to be that kind of guy who can be a, a more aggressive player going after and getting the ball, even though we might not see it right now, even though there are some struggles in his tape, certainly that's why he's not regarded as an automatic top 32 guy because he has the height to do it but mm-hmm. uh, and the length to do it. But Yeah, 33-inch arms, dude. <laughs> his length is crazy. Yeah, so I mean, it is. I think it is the case of the class. I think it is you betting on a guy's upside, knowing that you got to find a corner. Man, almost every other year, you've got to be able to kind of find yourself a corner because you're rotating them so much with free agency, and you know you can't pay them all, but you got to keep some good ones on your team. That's kind of where I think everybody is with Justin Lane, to a sense. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, some people are on the higher spectrum of that, such as probably myself. And then some people are on the lower spectrum of it, uh, like you, who kind of admit that he does, he does need some work. The, the saving grace spot for Justin Lane, there's like four teams in the NFL that develop cornerbacks well, in my opinion. So that also limits the 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 potential for him to reach that upside, I think. But Seattle, that's the, that's the spot for me because I think he has the mentality to play in their defense. He can play a little bit. I mean, hypothetically, if he were to develop – He's ideal for press, some press man opportunities, can also play a ton of cover three, doesn't let people behind him. So it's going to be a good fit, I think, in a lot of ways to play for him to play in Seattle. Plus, they get the most out of their defensive back. So if you Seattle there, have a second? Do they have a second? I don't remember. But honestly, is he going to be there? I mean, they would pick late in the second if they did. And yeah, maybe, I don't yeah, know maybe. that he would be there. This is just such a weak corner class. We've heard so much buzz about him that. Hang on, I'll look here. You know, when we when we were talking, when they we were do talking not a little bit earlier. We oh, okay, so they don't. They pick at twenty one and at eighty five. Yeah. That's okay. It. Well, rip the dream uh, yeah. unless they want to trade back from the first and get. Or they're taking them at twenty one, brother. Seattle doesn't draft like other people. They do not draft like other people. So very, very true. No, we, you were talking earlier in the show about uh, Byron kind of being that top guy, and then it likely it being greedy and, and Baker. Actually, probably the way that it shakes out, uh, Greedy and Baker might even go before Byron. I have no idea how the NFL is going to evaluate that. I think that as we're kind of explaining on this episode of the podcast, the variance of what you think of the cornerback classes is pretty severe. And to that point, as you were saying that out loud, I'm thinking to myself, and I've been thinking about this for uh, a couple of weeks now. I've I've toyed with the idea of ROREA as my CB2 behind Byron Murphy. And I think for those Mm -hmm. reasons that you named there with Greedy and with DeAndre Baker, um, I think ROREA is good, man. I I was looking him up. I was was looking up his combine the other night. 
Uh, I was seeing his results for it, his size, uh, what he ended up running. He, so really, one year full time starter. He started some games over the last couple of years, but man, I really like of what Arroyo can be, especially because the other guys in this class that you're drafting high to play press man, you know, greedy or Baker or like we just talked about Lane. Those guys all comes with certain risks with them. You know, Lane, it's definitely the inexperience that we just talked about, needing a development. Baker and Greedy, it's attitude. And how dangerous does that mean? How much does that scare you as a team if you're drafting a guy that you already questioned some some attitude things in the first round? So you don't know there. Our Warrior, I don't have any of those concerns for. I mean, I just think that he's been solid so far. But if you believe in some upside with him to be able to play at the next level – consistency is is almost a uh, a delicacy if you will in in this cornerback class and when i watch our warrior i think that i know what i'm getting i think i know the guy that he can become and so i've toyed with this idea of him possibly being my cd2 because he does have the length uh he's got the overall size he had the athleticism i think he proved that at the combine he's got some things to work on but again you know you in the right system you get the right coaching you get some development this guy could be this guy could be a cb1 and when i look at the other guys i just uh, they scare me. They scare me. And our warrior doesn't, he doesn't scare me. There's, there's a lack of naturalness to our warriors corner that troubles me. It's not that his tape is horrible or anything like that. He, you know, he's not as concerning in my opinion as Justin Lane. I definitely have him higher than Lane, but at the same time, he just does not have like there a, a consistently anyway, consistency, such a big thing with him. He even said, he's like, I have to consistently play to my size. He told me that in Mobile. He said, because like, I don't. How much of that is an experience thing? Knowing that he was only, I mean, truly, you know, like I said, full-time starter, basically just this year, right? He was kind of a spot starter the other years. I don't know. I, I, I I mean, he really played a ton the year before. I can look up his exact snaps here actually on, on pro football focus in a second. But yeah, to me, I thought when I watched our warrior, I saw, man, here's some ball skills and zone coverage that really make sense. So for that fit, like I see it with him, but at the same time, he's not like he has, he has moments where he's good, quick to close on the ball. He has other moments where he's totally lost. And I love, I love the potential of him in zone coverage. And I graded him that way because he does have those flashes of ball skills. So I feel like in that scheme, he could develop some. He also blows coverages though. He lets guys behind him in zone coverage and cover three. I'm like, man, I just don't like not even in complicated route combinations. Like, Straight verticals, he will just be like, his eyes will be lost, and then he'll realize the guy went behind. Like, I just don't know where. It's almost like he loses focus on the field at times in all facets um, as a as a run defender, uh, as a tackler, kind of, uh, you know, and just in, like the flashes, like you said, are really good. But I have a hard time feeling like a guy, you know, and he comes military background. Like, I don't think his work ethic's the, the problem. I don't think it's something that needs to be quote unquote fixed. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like if he lands in a great system, like he said, like, I just feel like. This is kind of who he is as a player. Like, there's not like a a lack of maturity, in my opinion. Um, I, and in man coverage, he doesn't he doesn't really mirror and match guys. That's not his game. So um, he has to be super physical to win, and he he isn't often. You know, his the the way that they played at at Penn State is more to like soft shoe things and kind of back off and press uh, and mirror guys rather than get hands on early. So my biggest issue with him going on to the season is that he just wasn't physical at the at the line of scrimmage. And that's really what he needs to do to win. 
So if there's like that upside you're talking about with him, it's that suddenly he gets in a system that wants him to be aggressive at the line of scrimmage, and he's suddenly good at that. Um, you know, so I think it's it's not totally out of the question, which is why I have him graded in the third round. I I don't dislike him per se. I think he can start. That's like my solid starter range, but I don't think he'll ever be a high impact player. And he gave up a good amount this past season too um, in coverage, and so that it's just concerning to me a little bit that I don't know that I see it like a. A scheme like Byron Murphy's going to dominate in his own scheme. So even if I don't value those kind of corners as much as I do press main corners, he's still going to va- he's going to dominate in that type of a scheme. Our worry, I think, has limitations in any scheme, but he's competent enough to start, in my opinion. So again, we may differ on the <laughs> we differ on a, on a couple cornerbacks in this class. I think so far, I think that's that just three. I mean, you and I, you and I, obviously talk basically every single day, and right. so like. I mean, we talk NFL draft basically every single day, and so I think that it's it's very natural anytime that you have a do that you, you do that with anybody to to get a little bit of groupthink in there. You know, you'll mm-hmm. see something, I'll go, oh yeah, I can see that too. Okay, now that's my my thoughts on a prospector, or vice versa. But to say that we are here about five weeks away from the draft, and you and I still have super differing opinions on some of these corners, right? I think speaks to the to the varying degree of almost just. It, there's a lot of projection with a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. And I think with that is going to come, you know, teams viewing them a lot different, prioritizing them different, how desperate they might be to get one guy versus the other, all that kinds of stuff. So, uh, Hey, I, I have to ask you, um, have you, ha- have you watched Rocky sin a lot? Because he was the, uh, yeah, he, he was the, uh, how do I say the spark of certain conversation <laughs> this week and so i don't know i just feel like uh we should we should get our, our thoughts out on 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 rocky sin for sure i wasn't sure how much you've watched of him but uh what are your thoughts on him? yeah so i'm probably i've been i think i've been the whole time the highest on our staff on rocky sin uh, i don't know your thoughts on him but i know ben is not a big fan and kyle and joe just thought he was kind of meh, okay um i have early third round grade on him which i guess is still not high compared to some people but I really like his game. I liked his tape uh, as much as I thought it would. I thought he was really good in Mobile. Um, he was really the only corner other than Mark Fields and Flashes. Uh, and honestly, Lonnie Johnson played well there, but I knew Lonnie Johnson's tape was bad, so you know I wasn't as caught up in that. But I thought Rockus did some really good things in Mobile. Had had some weak moments too. You know, all the corners there did. Um, but I really like him. Yeah, I think that um, there. Are, I love how good he is in press. You know, I know I feel com- comfortable and, co- and confident putting him in a certain scheme right away and letting him play in the NFL. He's not a great athlete, so he has to get hands-on early. So again, it goes back to the same thing I said with Arwarie and the same thing I said with Lane. Transitions are not perfect for these guys. I do think Yassin's transitions are better than the two of them. So they can't play off coverage or not have hands-on and mirror and match guys and let guys move freely because they are not athletic enough to match those movements. Yassin is a little more athletic than those guys, I think, on tape in terms of functionally the way he moves. But... I, if he doesn't get hands-on, it's still their separation created. The thing is, he's very good with his hands-on. He can get a little aggressive at times, but he's very strong. He's got good length. He plays very physical uh, at the line of scrimmage in press throughout the route, uh, but subtly, not usually not over the top. He can get grabby a little bit on vertical routes. Um, he matches guys vertically really well because he – he keeps from getting stacked by using his physicality really well. Um, he's not necessarily explosive closing in the ball from off coverage. He's a competent zone option, but it's, again, it's to me, press man is a scheme he's got to be in, so there's a little bit of limitations that way. But 
I think he can play early on in press man because he is so physical. There's little things that need improvement with his technique and press, but he's way more competent than your average college corner and certainly than a lot of the corners in this class. So he's my CB3 right now, but I still have to finish DeAndre Baker and Julian Love So and David Long from Michigan. Those are the three big-name corners that I haven't watched that I think could potentially finish over him. Uh, we'll see how their tape uh, ends up, but right now he's behind Byron and Greedy for me as CB3. So. I like oh, him. Okay. I just don't love him. You know, early third round grade. Where I have a big drop off. You know, nobody right. in the first round. I so, think that 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 know. more speaks to how you kind of think of the cornerback class because I'll probably have Rock. I don't know, TB five ish, right around that area. But I would almost like have the same grade as you. I think norm like normal outlook. I right. you you, you kind of highlighted a lot of things that he does well. You talked about um, being a little bit scheme dependent on how he's going to be a press man guy, and that's where he's going to do his best work. But on the good side is the scheme that he is dependent for is the one that is often prioritized the most, especially when it comes to the draft and not only that, but money value and, and how teams want to prioritize guys and stuff like that. So in that sense, it's a, it's almost like a good scheme dependent for him. It almost mm-hmm. kind of goes to his advantage, especially in a cornerback class. It's a little um, off, but his, his football history is another thing. I mean, like where'd he play? Was a Presbyterian, I think yes. for, yeah. For three years, and then, and because I think Presbyterian said that they, they kicked a D2, yeah, they kicked yeah, a D2, they kicked, and so they weren't gonna have scholarships anymore, mm-hmm. and so they let him transfer, and so he right. goes to Temple. So it's like, okay, I I like what I see from Rock, mm-hmm. but there's a big difference between playing at Presbyterian two years ago yes. and playing in the NFL, and so yes, and the level of competition he faced was a consideration for me as well in the games that I saw. Yeah. Now, they did play a decent schedule, but again, I mean, in terms of playing like playing bigger some of the bigger schools some of the power five schools but boston college maryland ucf buffalo those were the four games i really studied closely so certainly good passing attacks to see him against there's no doubt i mean ucf buffalo like those guys will get down the field on you like that's a good group to watch him against but yeah there is that concern with him too that that level of competition concern Uh, real quick before we wrap up i did want to get to there's five corners trevor five in this class that are getting top 100 buzz. I wouldn't take any of them in the first three rounds. All right, None let's hear it. You ready? I don't know how many yeah. of these guys you've seen, but I wouldn't take any of them in the top 100. wouldn't take any of them in the first three rounds. Okay. Jamel Dean from Auburn. I know he ran super fast, but his transitions are bad, and his agility drills reflected that. Like In a, in a straight line, sure, but he's not a fast starter. He's got good long speed. He ran like 4-3-1 or something, and he's a huge corner, like 6-3-208. There's a ton of those yeah. guys in this class. But I j- there's just not a naturalness about him when he plays the game. Now, I still early fourth round. He's competent enough, impressed that I would that I would still be okay with taking him there. Um, but I just don't see an impactful guy. N- not a lot of ball skills either. You know, actually pretty deficient ball skills. I think at this point. So he's one. Jawan Williams from Vanderbilt. I-, I actually thought his tape was a little bit better than some of these guys, but he didn't test very well. I know he did better at his pro day. Uh, too many concerns with me in terms of blown coverages and tackling. Like he just. He will just bail out on tackles. Like it's so weird. He plays like hard, and he does get guys on the ground a lot just because of his ridiculous length and size. But he will just olay on some tackles that really it's kind of ugly on tape. So and he he needs tons of technical work. And what's the upside? That's the big thing with me. Guys that need tons of technical work, which in a position the NFL doesn't tend to develop well. And then what's the upside even if they do reach that? I just think it's rare to get game changer difference maker type. So mm-hmm. one's another one. Isaiah Johnson from Houston. I. Man, his tape is is just bad. Like, I know he tested great and he's huge, 
but his tape is just not good at all. Um, and he's he used to play wide receiver too, so he's another another uh, position switch. I think he's been two years a corner. People are going to sight upside all day with him. The guy can't change directions. He can't mirror and match. He can't. I mean, he can't match guys in man coverage. And his press technique needs a ton of work. I mean, so he is just. There's just no way he can play early in the NFL in any system, in my opinion. So he's a day three guy for me. Chris Boyd from Texas. I do think everybody's kind of come around on Chris Boyd being a day three guy, right? I, know I would he hope. Ran decent, but I would hope. Yeah, he's just so, he's he's way more up and down than you can feel comfortable with. Right, right. And then Lonnie Johnson, uh, man, I know some people have talked about him as potentially a round one guy, uh, probably going to go top 50, top 60. I just have no idea, man. I mean, watch that tape and explain to me how he's, and he didn't even test like amazing or anything. Like he's got good hops, like, but he's not like a, he's not like a four, three guy or anything like that. Like, it's just hard for me to, how do you rectify kind of what you see with him? Onto, I just I don't know. There's just so many issues on tape in terms of his technique and his coverage ability that I have no idea how he would play early in the NFL. You would need significant work for him. Um, his press coverage, his press technique is really really bad. Um, so he needs a lot of work. So those would be all five of those guys are super concerned. I don't know if you've seen any of those guys and push back on any of those guys, but all five super concerning to me. Yeah, I was trying to think as you were going through them. I was just trying to throw obviously like names and, and guys that I would put uh, Chris Boyd. Like I get because if you watch the right games, you could think that he's phenomenal. But mm. if you watch the wrong games, you could think he's like a day three pick at best. <laughs> I watched um, a lot of games. <laughs> I have him is, in the fifth, wait, who early is, who's, fifth. Who's the second guy that you named? Uh, oh, Juwan oh, Ju- 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 Williams, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I saw Florida cooked him up, there. brother. You saw it. You saw it firsthand. No, you know, you don't got to remind me if Florida cooked him up. I already know that. But, no, I think I kind of had the same concerns there. You see, you can see flashes. But, man, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking this. I'm going over in my head. But this is just, man, it's just more evidence to, like, they're, we're just trying to find corners. Because, like, Isaiah Johnson, Lonnie Johnson, A. Jamal Dean, you know, these are guys who have length. And you're just – they have, like, one of the character traits that you would really want. And then you're trying to convince yourself that the other ones are there. And yep. with a lot of these guys, it's just not the case. But we know the corners are going to go high because you have to get more corners. Mm-hmm. It's just the way that it's just the way the NFL draft's going. So I don't know about I, I, I don't think all five of these dudes are going top one hundred. Uh, certainly, I don't think you know Isaiah Johnson is is not going to go top one hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the third guy you mentioned? Well, I, I that, don't know. I hope you're right. Oh but, no, Chris uh, Boyd. Chris, Chris Boyd, Boyd so, Lonnie Johnson. I mean, Lonnie probably um, will. I'm not sure about Jawan after he ran slow. I think Isaiah I Johnson think, will go top 100. I think Lonnie's going to go top 100. He's the worst. And of oh, is Williams going to go top 100? It'd be late if he does. He and Dean, I think, would be late if they do. And I think Isaiah Johnson and Lonnie Johnson will go the highest. Boyd's going day three. I think. Feel better about that yeah. one. But all that to say, yes, this is not a great cornerback class right now. I have. Seven uh, top 100 or round one through three grades. I have no round one guys. Murphy's early two. Greedy's early two. Um, then I have Rockison, Trayvon Mullen, Amani Arawarie, Mark Fields, and Justin Lane in that order. I like Mark Fields, by the way. He's my sleeper. In round three, I have those those five in round three. And then the guys that have a chance to make it that I still haven't done, Julian Love, DeAndre Baker, they'll definitely make uh, the little Buffy make that cut. And then David Long from Michigan's really intriguing to me as well. 
maybe throw Sean Bunting in there. I've heard good things about him, but I have not. I've barely seen any of him. So maybe, so maybe I will have eleven guys round one through three with probably all but three or four maybe in round three. So I'll probably have three or four corners in the, graded in the first two rounds and none in round one, more than likely. It's crazy. I just don't think much right. of the class. It's bad. It's, uh, it needs a lot of work uh, for sure. So get to the NFL. Maybe if they develop some of these guys, there'll be a chance. But right now, things are definitely looking bleak for the cornerback class. So there's our thoughts on the 2019 corner class. We'll be back next week. We've got more fun stuff in store for you guys in the NFL draft. Some of the latest moves in free agency that we haven't talked about as much. Needs for teams and how they've shifted and so on and so forth. So until then. Keep it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft.